So there's something that Becky and I were talking about the other day, my wife and I, and um, it's something we've said multiple times before. I have no doubt you've said this a bunch. Parents in the room, you most definitely have said this before, but we said this phrase earlier last week. We said, time is just flying by, right? And, and maybe this is just us and our family. We feel like we, it feels like time is slow leading up to December. And the moment December 1st hits, it just flies by. It's just hard to believe like, wow, this week is Christmas. Christmas Eve is this Thursday. Like, where did the time go? And when Becky and I were first starting out as parents, we heard all the experienced parents tell us that phrase all the time. Enjoy it while you can. Time is gonna go by so quick. In a blink of an eye, you're not gonna believe what's happened. Like we've heard that a ton over the last several years of us being parents, but we really do experience that. It really does feel like time flies and there's a lot going on, especially with holidays, the normal stuff, but then all the holiday stuff on top of it. So things get really busy. I was gonna show you just a few pictures of what we have done and just how time has flown by for us as we've had to be a bunch of different places. My boys are in basketball right now. Well, one of them, one just finished, but this is my middle son, Cole, his first season playing basketball. He did such a good job, super cute. For that age group, it's not so much basketball as it is rugby on a basketball court. That's all it is. I mean, it's just like take the ball, run and tackle somebody and try to get the ball. It's hilarious. He's done a great job, just finished up, had his last game last Saturday, had a blast. My oldest son, Connor, he's also in, ba also in basketball. This is his second season. Here's him, there it is, number 10, right under the basket where he should be such a proud dad. I'm over on the sidelines, shoot to go, yes, get him number 10. And he's having a lot of fun, he's having a blast. So we're at basketball games twice a week. And then my youngest, Colin, she is not in any sports right now, but she loves the stage. She is our performer. And so she has her preschool Christmas program, which you see her over there, and everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. She's like, I will do what I wanna do. That's kind of my, my youngest. Now, I've gotta say this, she's not in this service, so I want you all to do me a huge favor. Some of you might not know who my wife is. If you know who she is, if you recognize her, after service, you need to go and tell her what an amazing job she did. Because you see this music teacher sitting on the floor doing the motions? That's my wife. This was her first preschool program as a music teacher at the preschool. She did such a good job. It was a blast. If she was in this service, I wouldn't have said that. That would have been a, totally, we had a cue for the back people so they knew if she was in here, we're not going to do that part because she would have been mortified if I told you that. But I show you those pictures because there's something I have also realized as a dad. I've realized how time flies. I've realized how quickly time goes, but I've also realized the importance of me showing up, the importance of Becky, my wife, showing up, right? When we go to our boys' basketball game, we're not going expecting like this NCAA tournament style game, although some parents probably think that's what's going on. We're not expecting that kind of level of a game to be played. No, I'm not showing up to coach. I'm not showing up to give advice. I'm not showing up because I'm gonna get to play. I show up just because my kid is there. I wanna be present. For Collins, for her, for her preschool program, I'm not expecting some Broadway performance, but I'm showing up because I'm her dad. And over the years as a dad, I have come to realize how important it is to just show up, those two words show up. You're not really doing anything. You're just present. You're being there. 
you showed up. As parents, we recognize the value of that. Even thinking back when you were a young kid, wanting your parents or a family member or friends or a teacher or a coach to just show up, to just be there, to be with you and to be present. See, during the Christmas season, we celebrate and focus on just that, that this is the season where we remember that God showed up, that God entered into our world just to show up to be with us. We said that phrase earlier. We said God with us. That comes from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter seven, you don't have to turn there. I'll put it on the screen behind me. Isaiah chapter seven, we're given this prophecy, this promise about Jesus many, 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 many years before Jesus was ever actually born. Verse 14 out of Isaiah seven. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel. And one more time, what's Emmanuel mean? If you know it, all you Bible scholars, it means God with us. It means God with you, means God with us, with you and with me. God showed up and he is present and he is with us. So yes, we're gonna celebrate that today. We're gonna talk a lot about what that means, how that changes our life, what it means to walk with God as he is with us. We're gonna talk through that this morning, but before we do that, I just want us to, to recognize that reality, that no matter where you are, no matter where you go, God will be with you. So we're gonna pray, but I'm gonna ask you to help me with something. I want you to, to do something very specific and intentional. Online crew, you're gonna do this with me as well. This coming Thursday is Christmas Eve services. Again, we have four of them, one, three, five, and seven. We have people that have signed up to save their seats and are gonna be in this room on Thursday sitting in one of these seats. We're gonna have a bunch of people joining us online at one of those services as well. And so I would just ask that even though you have no clue who's gonna be sitting in your seat come Thursday, that we as a church would be praying for that person, that soul, that heart that's gonna be sitting in one of these chairs or gonna be joining online during one of those services, that they would come to know if they have never heard it before, that they would come to know by the end of Christmas Eve night that God loves us so much that he came to be with us. So I believe in the power of prayer. And even though you don't know the name of the person that's gonna be sitting in your seat, I wanna ask that you would join me in praying that God would begin to soften their hearts and that when they show up on Thursday, here in the room or online, that they would be ready to hear God whisper those, those words. I am with you. So we're gonna pray. Again, you don't know their name, but you can be praying for their heart. If you don't have somebody, if there's some empty chairs around you, pray for your area online. Pick one of the services, one, three, five, or seven, and pray for the people that are gonna be tuning in to one of those services. Let's pray together. God, we come before you and we thank you so much for, for coming to be with us, that you desired a relationship with us so much that you came to be with us and you've never left us. You've continued to stay with us. So God, specifically my prayer, our prayer, is that whoever, whoever shows up online or in this room come Thursday, at any of those services, whether it's sitting in one of these seats or sitting at home or, or traveling, God, that they would hear you speak those words to their heart, to the very depths of their heart. And I pray it wouldn't just be, yeah, I know, but it would be, yes, I believe with all my heart that you are with us, and I pray that reality, that truth, that hope, that promise would forever change not just our lives, but the lives of the people that will hear that come Thursday. In your name, amen. 
So we're gonna talk more deeply about that phrase, God with us, and what Emmanuel means for us today. But to do that, we've gotta go back and we're gonna read part of the Christmas story. This part of the story is gonna focus on Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. If you've got your Bibles, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter one. Go through Joseph's story and we'll pick out a few things that should help us, not just in the holiday season, but I think will help us uh, throughout our daily lives as well. Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Ladies, good luck explaining that one to your future husband. No, 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 it wasn't my fault. And Joseph's like, I have a hard time believing that one. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So here, Joseph is hearing this news, most likely at this point from Mary. The angel's about to come. That hasn't happened yet as part of the story. So he's hearing what happened, Mary's explanation. And that would be a hard pill to swallow. It would be a little hard to wrap your mind around. And so here it says that Joseph was a righteous man. He didn't want her to be uh, put in front of the entire town. He didn't want her to experience public disgrace. So they, I'm just gonna divorce her quietly. We're just gonna pretend this never happened and I'm gonna walk away. He had had to have thought about it because he was a righteous man. He most likely had prayed about this. This was a big decision that truly would change the rest of his life. Either way he decided to stay with her or not. He had at this point decided to divorce her quietly. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. If you ever wanted to study the Christmas story, that phrase shows up a bunch. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. In other words, the angel shows up and says, no, 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 what Mary told you is actually true. <laughs> what Mary said is Reality, here's what's about to happen, Joseph. And no, this is not what Joseph had planned. This is not what Joseph was expecting. This is not the life Joseph was planning to live, but hashtag 2020, it's all about to change, right? He says, no, it's going to be different. And the angel said, don't be afraid. This is God's plan. And he's about to give him the promise that we hold on to today as well. Verse 22, here's what we read out of Isaiah. It's repeated recited again in verse 22 in Joseph's story. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, what we just read out of Isaiah, verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, I want you to say these three words with me, which means God with us. God with us. It's as if the angel is saying, yeah, things are gonna change. Things are gonna be the different. No, it's not what you planned for. It's not what you expected. It's nothing of what you thought, but God is with you every step along the way. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as, as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Throughout this month, we've been looking at different parts of the Christmas story, specifically at what God has given us. Today, we look at the gift of God's presence. God gave us himself. He came to be with us. God gave us the gift of his presence. Through that name, Emmanuel, God with us. God's with you, God's with me. In the valleys, in the seasons that it feels like you're walking through a desert or a wilderness, in the times of your life that are difficult, in the times of your life where it's struggling, in the great times where you're full of 
just joy and happiness and it's blessed. I like everywhere and everywhere in between, God is with you. For Joseph, what a great promise to hold on to and a great reminder. Whereas, no, it's not what I thought or, ex- or, experience or expected. All the uncertainty like we talked about. Thinking through what Joseph's life would now consist of. Maybe disappointments and hardships and struggles and trying to explain this to your family. I mean, all the things that go around this situation, if you can almost begin to wrap your mind around it. But for God, through an angel, I say, no, God is still with you, Joseph. Whatever season of life, wherever you go, wherever God sends you, God is with you. It's true for Joseph, it's true for Joseph, and it's true for us today. That God is with you wherever you are and wherever you go. Wherever you are, whatever you walked in here with today, wherever you're at online, God is with you. Like I said, that's the highs of highs and the lows of lows and everywhere in between. For Joseph, he doesn't know this yet when he's told this, but his life's about to get a little bit more crazy. It's gonna get a little bit more chaotic and it's gonna be a little bit more uncertain. You see, not only did God come to Joseph in a dream and say, you will have this child, Mary will have this child, name him Jesus, it means God with us. But a little bit later on, he's gonna be given several other instructions. Not that was part of his plan, not that could have been foreseen, definitely wasn't expected, and yes, most certainly would change his life. So we've only looked at one sliver of Joseph's story, right? This first encounter with an angel, where he's told that he is about to be the earthly father of Jesus. But I'm gonna put a bunch of scriptures on here, and I want you to see what's gonna happen over the course of the several, the, the first few years of Joseph's life as being the earthly father of Jesus. And I squished them all together because I want you to see a theme here. If I were to go through them real quick, we just looked at verse, one, uh, verse 24. And if you remember, what he said was, he woke up after he heard what the angel said, and then he took Mary home to be his wife. So he heard what the angel said, and then he woke up and followed through with what the angel said and commanded him. Chapter two out of Matthew, we see something unexpected show up again. The wise men, the story of the Magi, they already have come, they've seen Jesus, they left their gifts, and now they've left, and another angel shows up. Another instance of an angel showing up to Joseph. This says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up! He says, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is gonna search for the child to kill him. If you know more of the Christmas story, you know that King Herod is not excited about there being another king in his kingdom. So he's looking for Jesus to kill him. So now Joseph is told again by God to do something else. Get up, take Jesus, take your wife, and flee to Egypt. What does Joseph do? He says, so he got up during the night and left for Egypt. Again, an angel shows up. This time they've been in Egypt. We don't know exactly for how long. They've been in Egypt. An angel of the Lord shows up to Joseph again, and he says, you've got to be kidding me. How many more times is this going to happen? I thought we were good. We were getting settled in Egypt. We were getting situated in Egypt. But now the angel says, now it's safe to go back to Israel. Herod is gone, so now it's safe to go back. So he wakes up, and then he takes his family home to Israel. But there's actually a fourth one if you keep reading through the scripture at the end of chapter 2. Where then he's warned once again, ah, just kidding, don't go all the way to Israel or uh, all the way home to Israel. You actually need to take a detour and go to Galilee, which is where they actually settled. So the theme that you see here, if you want to keep reading through Matthew 1 and 2, you'll see this. But the theme is Joseph has a plan. God shows up and interrupts that plan. Isn't it interesting how that happens? 
Oftentimes we want God to show up. God, where are you? God, are you present? God, are you even there? But then when he shows up, we're like, God, why did you show up? My life was fine before you showed up and you put me on this crazy life now. Be careful, if you want God to show up, he's gonna show up, but it probably feels a little bit like an interruption most times. So here God showed up and says, Joseph, I know you had a plan, er, detour. Here's what you're gonna do instead. And that happened four different times. God showed up, changed the plans, changed everything, and then Joseph said, okay. Technically, he didn't say okay. Here's what I wanted you to notice. If you go through each of those passages, this is fascinating because in each of the Christmas story, if you think of Mary, the wise men, the shepherds, like the whole Christmas story, there's a lot of dialogue between people and God or an angel. Mary even talks back to an angel. She asked a question. We talked about this before. She says, well, how's this gonna happen? The shepherds, we're gonna look at that for Christmas Eve. If you're here, the shepherds have a little bit of a dialogue too, amongst themselves even. The wise men, a lot of dialogue as they are looking for this newborn king. But what's fascinating to me is through Joseph's story, we don't have one word that he spoke, not one. Throughout all of Joseph's story, we don't get any record of him saying a thing. Now, did he say something? Possibly. But I think it's interesting that what he said would have not been important enough to put in here. What is important are his actions. And we know the phrase, actions speak louder than words. See, throughout Joseph's story of God showing up, changing things, and then Joseph following, there's no record of any dialogue, conversation, or question from Joseph. No response back to the angel. Are you sure? Like, we've done this several times. Like, can't we stay put? There's no questions of why or how long. You want me to go to Egypt? Well, how long are we gonna be there? Like, is this like a total move or is this just a temporary hangout until things get better? There would be a lot of things I would wanna say, a lot of questions I would wanna ask, a lot of clarification I would like to have. We have no record of that whatsoever. We have record of two actions. That's where we're gonna talk through what it looks like to walk with God because he is with us. The first thing that we see from Joseph is he listened The second thing is he followed. Each and every time, go through those four examples again. Well, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Later on, he says, when the angel said, take the child, go to Egypt, stay there until I tell you. What does he do? Well, so he got up, he took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Again and again and again, he listened to what God was saying and he followed the direction of God. So just because God is with you, are you with him? That would be my question for you. So let's talk through that just a little bit if we're gonna maybe follow in Joseph's footsteps a little bit here. First part of this is the listening. God is speaking, but are you listening? God is speaking. I promise you he is speaking, but are you listening? Now, he might not be speaking like he did to Joseph, but I'm telling you right now, he is speaking through his word. We're promised that he continues to speak to us through his words. And you think I've been asking the question a couple times already of like, where would you think you are? Like, what, what situations are you finding yourself in? What difficulties are, in you, are you in right now? God has something to say about every single one of those. The pain that you're walking through, the grief that you're experiencing, the hurt that you have experienced, maybe the bitterness you're still holding on to, the joy that you have, the happiness you're looking for, like whatever it is, I promise Jesus through his word has something to say to you. He is speaking Are you listening? You know what it takes to be a good listener? 
I don't say this because I am one. I've been told this. <laughs> a good listener is somebody that can pause really well. A good listener is somebody that can pause, can stop really well. That's not me. It takes a lot of work for me to hit the pause button and to stop and truly listen. I'm one of those people that thinks he can multitask but cannot multitask, right? Husbands, you should all be doing this with me right now. Like, yes, we are all that. We think we can multitask, but we most certainly cannot. In fact, this last week, again, I talked about time going by fast. Of course, we're busy, a lot of good busyness, a lot of things that we're dealing with. And so I wanted to be helpful around the house. I said, Becky, let me take care of dinner. Now, for those of you that were around or heard the message that I talked about gooey pancakes, you know that that's not always the best way my, that I'm able to help. But nonetheless, I wanted to be able to help. She had already had it planned out. She had had everything bought. It was gonna be this chicken parmesan with spaghetti, like a super good, relatively easy meal. And I said, well, if you've got it all planned out, you've got everything bought, I just need to cook it. Like, tell me how to do it and I'll do it. Of course, she's like, are you sure? I said, yeah, 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 I've got it. And so she started giving me the rundown on here's what you have to do, do this, here's the recipe. She had to pull it up on Pinterest, started talking through everything. And then it was about after the second or third sentence that I just started to tune her out a little bit. I'll admit that. And I got to the point where I was just like, yeah, 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 I got it. You know, like you bake the chicken, you cook the noodles. It can't be that hard. You heat up the sauce. So I kind of listened, but kind of didn't listen. There was a lot of other things going on in our house at the time. I didn't just give her my full undivided attention. So I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. Let me just tell you, it took me two hours to make dinner that night. Not exaggerating. The plan was for us to have an early dinner. Two hours later, we finally sat down to eat. The reason it took two hours is because as soon as I started to make dinner, I realized I had no idea what I was doing. There were some words that I did not hear her speak that made no sense on paper. So I had to call her. She had already gone. I called her and said, Becky, I know you told me this, but I'm going to need a reminder. What exactly am I supposed to do? It's telling me to do what to the chicken? She says, were you not... Wives, what was the question? Were you not listening? And I was forced to say, well, kind of. <laughs> I was kind of listening. I was definitely there, but I wasn't fully paying attention. I had to call her multiple times. She finally got to the point where she said, I'll just come home and make it. I was like, no, 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 I'm here to help. She's like, you're not helping at this point. <laughs> All because I didn't pause long enough to truly listen to the instructions. So I had to go back again and again and again to get some clarifying to get my, my questions clarified. If you're truly wanting to listen to God speak in your life, are you pausing to hear it? Or is it just one thing after another? Yeah, 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 God's with me. He's got, I, I, it'll be fine. I got it, I got it, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'll, I'll come to you if I need something. Can I encourage you to pause long enough to truly hear God's word in your life? Now, you've got to figure out what that means for you. For some, it's a quiet time in the morning. Others, it's a devotional during the day. Maybe it's looking, just reading through the verse of the day on the Bible app before you get out of bed. Church is part of that, but by no means is that all of it. You've gotta figure out how you're pausing throughout the day to listen to God speak in your life. Martin Luther's famous for many things. This quote is one of them. He said, I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. I love that. Usually we think the opposite. I don't have time for, because I have all of these that I have to do. And I love his perspective, how he shifted and said, no, 
because I have so much going on, because I have so much to do, I have to prioritize my prayer life. I have to prioritize pausing with my Lord, with God with me, long enough to hear him speak into my life. So let me give you a question to wrestle with through the rest of this holiday season. What to do is getting in the way of being with. What to do? You have a lot of to-dos, and those are not bad to-dos, but are they getting the way in the way of just being with? God is with us. Have we gotten too busy to be with him? Have we gotten too preoccupied to be with him? You could wrestle with that question not just in your relationship with Jesus. Great question to wrestle with in your family. To-dos often push out time with us. Talked about earlier being present at the basketball games and the Christmas programs for my kids. It's interesting that they don't really care what else I do during the day at all. They don't care about my meetings and my schedules and the difficulties and the celebration. Like, they don't really care. They just want to know that, hey, at the end of the day, you're like, Dad, you're coming home, right? They want to know if I'm going to be at the basketball game. They don't care what else is going on in my life or in other people's lives. They want to know, are you coming to my game? They don't care how much money we make. We don't care. They don't care about statuses and they don't care about social media posts and they don't care about anything. They just want to know, are you going to be there? Take time to pause and truly listen. What to do is getting in the way of your being with. So that's the first thing that we see Joseph do over and over and over again. He listened. But you can't have just listening. There has to be some kind of follow through. In fact, Jesus' words at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, he says, the wise man is the one that hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So you have to hear it, you have to listen to it, but you also have to begin to do something about it and move forward. You have to have an action associated with it. Again, Joseph's story is that. He heard what God said, and then he followed God's direction. Each and every time, without question, without hesitation, he followed. So my question for you is, are you following? God is speaking, are you listening? But God is directing, are you following? As we listen to God speak through his word, we're gonna see and hear the direction that he is giving us. Might not be the whole 10-year plan, but it's the next step. It's the next decision. It's the next choice. Joseph didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but it was, take Mary home as your wife. Okay, I can do that. Now you need to go to Egypt. Okay, I can do that. Think of all the unknowns with that. I don't know how long. I don't exactly know where. I don't know fully why. I have a small piece of why. I don't know if I'm going to be there for a long time or short. All the unknowns, but okay, I can go to Egypt. Then God says, go back to Israel. Okay, I can go to Egypt. Or I can go back to Israel. Oh, no, just kidding, not Israel. We actually have to go to Galilee. Okay, I can do that. You see Joseph's life of just one step at a time. God directed and he followed. So God is directing each and every one of us because he is with us. My question is, are you following? So often we get God's direction. We know, right? I I would venture to guess most of us know what we should do, most. There's always gonna be some situations like, man, that's a, that's a heavy situation. I still think God's word speaks to that. Might just take a little bit more to dig through it. But I think we usually know what to do. It's just a matter of choosing to do it. So let me ask you this question. And again, here's your question to wrestle with this week in this holiday season. What do you know you need to do, but you still haven't done? What do you know you need to do a direction God is leading you towards. And for whatever reason, you're still like, ah, just I'm not there yet. You wanna hear one of mine, what, what that would be for me? 
what do I still, what do I know I need to do, but I still need to do, haven't done it yet? It's not very spiritual. So in our living room, we have a Christmas tree, one of the fake pre-lit, beautiful Christmas trees that takes zero effort. Gorgeous looking tree, except the bottom section of my tree is not lit up right now. Now, for those of you that know what's happened in my life for the last couple months, aka getting a dog, you can probably guess why the bottom of my tree is not lit up currently, because of that dog. So every time we turn on our Christmas tree and we watch our Christmas movies and we do the hot chocolates, I see that Christmas tree in the bottom of it. I'm like, ugh, I need to do something about it. I need to fix the lights. I need to finally figure out which light got pulled out or which cord got chewed. Or I just need to get rid of the dog. Maybe that's a good solution at this point. <laughs> I won't get rid of the dog yet. Did you hear the yet in there? Just making sure. My kids didn't hear that, I don't think. So I asked myself, like, why haven't I, why haven't I fixed that yet? You know what the, the simple answer is? I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to. That doesn't sound like fun to me to dig through all the lights on my tree and figure out which one's not working. I, I would rather be doing something else. I've got other things I would rather do. And if we apply that to how God directs our lives, I feel like oftentimes God is speaking and he's directing, but we say, I don't know if I really wanna do that right now. I can imagine Joseph saying, uh, I, I don't wanna take her home as my wife. Like this whole Holy Spirit, Jesus, I, I'm not up for that. I didn't sign up for that. I don't wanna do that. Finally wrap your head around. It's like, now you need to go to Egypt. It's like, are you kidding me, God? Like, I, why Egypt? Why now? Like, you're God of all the universe. Like, can't you fix this? Why do I have to leave? Oh, now I can come back home. Oh, thanks. Thanks for not forgetting me, God. I can finally come back home to Israel. Oh, just kidding. I, I can't go to Israel anymore. I have to go to Galilee, this no-name town that nobody likes and nobody cares about. That's where I'm gonna raise my family. That's where the son of God, your son, is gonna be raised. I don't wanna do that. There's a lot of things in life that God directs us to where I think we could cross our arms and just say that. I don't really want to. But that one phrase that comes from that one name, Emmanuel, which means, say it with me one more time, God with us. He's speaking to you. He's directing you. Are you listening and are you following? I know that sounds very simple, if you've grown up in church, you've probably heard that or some version of that multiple times. But I'll be honest, like, as chaotic and as uncertain and as difficult as Joseph's life would have been, I love the simplicity of it, of listening and following God. Where God calls and you say, okay. God calls again, okay. God calls again, okay. God calls again, here we go. God calls again, amen. There's a simplicity of listening to God speak to you and choosing to follow his direction. And wherever he leads you, wherever you go, wherever you are, wherever you end up, those three words remain true, that God is with you constantly. God with us. See, the presence of God changes everything. Changes how we think, changes our perspective, changes how we talk, changes the words we say, changes how we say them, changes how we love others, changes how we allow others to love us, changes what we do. It literally changes everything when you recognize that God is with you. So here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to, in your mind, come up with a word or a phrase that would describe where you are today. Not physically in a building or at home or traveling, whatever. No, like, how would you describe, if somebody said, man, tell me like where you're at in life. What's that word or that phrase that would describe where you are? Maybe you would say something like, man, it's been a struggle. Like this year has been unbelievably hard. I'm not in a good spot. Maybe it would be something like, man, I, I don't know how and why. I don't have all the answers, but like things are actually moving in the right direction. Things are going really well, and I don't know really what to attribute it to, but like, I feel like I'm in a good spot. Maybe you would describe the relationships that are strained and struggling. We're, we're not in a good spot right now. Maybe it's we're in a good spot, but my heart breaks because of a situation that's happening that I just don't have any control over and I don't know what to do with it. Like however you would describe where you currently are, I want you to get that in your mind. And with that in mind, let me read out of Psalm 139. With where you are in mind, hear these words. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I love those words, even there. Brian, you don't know where I've been. No, 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 no. God says, even there, he's with you. You don't know what I've done and what I've had to deal with. No, you're right, I don't. But I know that God, yes, even there is with you. No matter how far away you think you are, yes, even there, God is with you. Even there, he is with us. So God sent his son Jesus to be born in a manger to be with us. Jesus went to the cross so that we could be with him. Because it was his sacrifice on the cross that took our sin away. Our sin is what separates us from God. He wanted to be with you so badly that he allowed himself to be born in a manger and to be sacrificed on a cross so that we could be with him. Whether you need to make that choice to be with him for the first time or whether in this season of life, in this year, maybe you just need to say it again to him. It's not so much declaring he's with you, that's true, but it's declaring your intent to be with him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for for being with us. We've said that multiple times already. We've thanked you for that multiple times, but we are not gonna stop thanking you for being with us because we don't deserve it. There's nothing that we could do to ever earn the right to have your presence in our lives, but you love us so much and it's only by your love that you desire to be with us, to invite us into a relationship with you, inviting us into your family, for you to adopt us as your own, Thank you for being with us. I pray that not just in this holiday season, but for every moment of the rest of our lives, we will continue to pursue you, to be with you. That we would pause long enough to hear from you because you're right there with us. May we not take it for granted. May we not neglect your presence in our lives. That we would hear from you, truly listen. And that we would follow. We would follow wholeheartedly. Because when we recognize that your presence is in our lives, we also begin to realize that your presence changes everything. In Jesus' name, amen.